grab me a beer and grab him a coke. We bout to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the show, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was one of my favorite things to do was hang out with friends, do drugs, get drunk and reminisce about crazy stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do, hang out with people and reminisce about those good old days. Normally, I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. Joined by New York comedian, host of the Hell Yeah Comedy Show every Sunday at Cellar 77, Mr. Cody Lewis. Yo, how's it going? Where's the applause, you know? There it is. Thank you. What's going on, man? Nothing. How are you? Good. So this is the first podcast you've ever done, you told me. Correct. Yeah. This is exciting. I know. I'm a little nervous. It's chill. We'll yeah. It. Just We're just going to talk, ignore all the recording equipment, and we're just going to have a conversation. Hell yeah. I'm in. So um, plug everything that you want to plug, your social media. Like I said, you do do. You do do. You have the Hell Yeah Comedy Show every Sunday. Yeah. Let everybody know what's going on. So we do. I'm part of Hell Yeah Comedy. We have a show every other Thursday in Williamsburg. Uh, then we also host three mics, open mics. Those are fun. Uh, in oh, you have three open mics. Three open mics. Yeah. And then we have this show we just started uh, like two months ago. Okay. Yeah. But that's been going really well. Where can people find all the information? Uh, for you can go to cody.d.lewis that's my instagram or hell yeah underscore comedy that's our uh hell yeah comedy instagram. okay and that's yeah. all instagram yeah yeah all right awesome awesome yeah. and so uh before we started recording we did have a, a a slight conversation but i wanted to save it for the podcast because you and i we're not the best of friends we uh kind of just met when i moved up here a couple months ago and um Started doing the open mic scene, and that's how I kind of met you. And then I saw you when I had the audition at Broadway. Yeah. Um, for anybody listening, that was a bonus episode of the Patreon. I talked about that audition and how I thought I bombed it, but then you gave me great news, and you're like, oh, no, 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 you're not going to know if you pass till you talk to him on the phone. Yeah. Because the email did not say, and it was just basically like, thanks for coming out. You can call me next week. Right. And I was like, oh, I didn't get it. I failed miserably at life. And you were like, oh, no, you're not going to know until you talk to him. Yeah, I hope I'm right because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fuck. I'm going to uh, call him and be like, hey, man, what's up? And he's going to be like, nothing. Dude, you did not get bad. And I'm right. going to be like, motherfucker. I just feel like a lot of, I mean, I'm at Broadway every Saturday. I do seating there. So I yeah. see everyone do the industry room. And, uh, so you've seen a lot of people come through there. I see, yeah, like in every, it's like new comics. Everyone I see in the scene, they all come through there because that's like the only bringer where, uh, you actually get spots from it. Yeah, so and that's actually the, like a good. I have actually talked about that, and the, like I said, we talked about it on the bonus episode. But that is, everywhere else, it's basically recommendation only. Like to get past it, a lot of like the cellar, the right, stand, right. or anywhere like that, you need to do a recommendation. <clears throat> and so being new to the area. Someone had mentioned, oh, call Rich at the industry room. Yeah. Because that's, he literally was super cool about it on the phone. And then he was like, well, it's a bringer show, but there's a lot of comics. So it's normally pretty packed. And if you do well, there's no more hoops to jump through. Like then you'll get a spot. Right. And so that's why I was super excited about it. But I saw you there um, and 
so you've seen all sorts of you've seen good bad yeah well dude because uh, there were some people there who were like oh it's my second time doing comedy right. and i was like this is what you decided to do with your dude. second time yeah you are it's fucking crazy because you watch so many people they think that's how you get into comedy is just do a bringer show i guess yeah and you, yeah you watch people bomb all the time there do you have at what's What's the worst? Do you, have you seen it like where people go up and just no laughs the whole Dude, time? I Well, not at Broadway, but I was at – there's a club called Danger Fields. Yeah, I know uh, Danger Yeah, Fields. so they shut down. But I did a bringer there once, and uh, a guy brought 15 people, and his first time doing comedy. and First went, time. First time, and went silent for five minutes, like no, like nothing. And, and it, he brought 15 brought people? Fi- like all his coworkers, all his friends. And nobody laughed. Nobody laughed. But it wasn't, it wasn't like – there was not even – he wasn't even giving space to like – uh, where someone could laugh like it wasn't even funny enough where you're like i know he's trying to joke yeah like he was just like rambling and doing voices and it was oh so there was no like timing or cadence or anything Nothing. it was just oh my god but five minutes of silence and that's a long five minutes yeah i uh um, yeah. i god i when i was doing the show it's funny because I, I record every set so I went right. back and listened to it and I was even stepping on my own jokes and I've talked about this before on some of the other episodes but I was so much like I know this five minutes is really good but I have to get this whole five minutes out because right. I end on a story about how I got the scar on my forehead but it's a two and a half minute story. So I was like I have to time this perfectly or else I'm not going to be able to end the story. Right. So I was kind of bulldozing over some laughs where I was just like alright I'm glad you guys think it's funny but like I got to keep going. And that was the one thing I was talking to Full Charge about where he was like, yeah, but if, if you're ever in that situation, it's better to just let the room breathe, right. like let people laugh because you're not going to get dinged on a show like that because people are laughing too much. Right. right. If anything, you're going to get dinged because you cut people off from laughing to do another joke. True. So that was that was an interesting learning um, kind of learning point that I got from that environment was because it was packed. Yeah, I'm, dude. I mean, and that's a, I feel like a lot of people who come in there say that where they they have their five minutes down, and then the crowd's almost too good. When yeah, they're laughing, and it throws them off. And then so then they always they, they, the light goes on, and they're like, I got one minute left. I could try to throw something in, or I should just end it. Because they also like kind of scare you about running the light, right? Yeah, they make it very. Um, they're very adamant about. The light goes on. You have 60 seconds. Once the light starts blinking, you have 10 seconds. If you don't get off by then, you're completely disqualified. Right, right. And so I saw the light go on and I was like, perfect. I'm wrapping up this story right now because I like I've been doing comedy a long time. So I was like, I know where I'm at. So I was like, all right, perfect. The light came on right when I needed it to. But then I felt like it held at that solid light for longer than a minute. I was like, why is he not blinking it? Like I was going to I was like, is he because, you know, the host is is the host of the show. So he's like in the back talking and like hanging out. So he's not like super strict on keeping the time. And luckily when I got off stage, I checked my phone cause I recorded it and it was at like six fifteen. but I had turned it on before I went up and then I had turned it off. Like, you know, after I walked off stage, went to the back. So I was like, all right, that should be right at like five minutes. Right. So it, it worked out all right, but it's stressful because it's not a situation where it's like, yeah, we're just doing a show. We're having fun. It's right, like, right. especially for me, just moving to New York, it's like, this is your one opportunity for right now. Right, right. Like you're going to be doing sure. open mics for the next six months if you can't get in this room. Yeah. And it's and it's terrifying. For sure. And and that, I mean, I don't know how big of the rooms you've done before, but 
for a lot of people, that's like way bigger than any room they've ever done. Yeah. Which obviously just adds to how freaking scary it is. Oh, and it's it's a lot of fun because I've done I've done bigger rooms before, but sometimes it's ambush comedy. You know what I mean? Where it's like, surprise, we're doing comedy at right, this bar. Right. You thought you were gonna watch the game, we're doing comedy. But um so those have been like bigger like I did a show one time at a brewery and it was a Saturday night. And half the crowd was there for comedy, and the other half was just there because it was a Saturday night in Melbourne, Florida, and they went to this brewery. Right. But there was like 200 people there. Oh, wow. But most of them were not there to see comedy. And it's a brewery, so it's tall ceilings. It's like a fucking warehouse. And you get up there, and you're like, oh, God, like, this is terrible. Yeah, yeah. So I was definitely not, like, when I got in there and everyone was, like, excited to see comedy. Right, right. Like I heard when I when I so I went into the room because you get to go in like the comic before and there was one comic Jill who was killing. She was really funny. And then the next guy up, he was OK. But like from the audience reaction, you would think he was murdering and his, right, his right. jokes were good. But like at the same time, I was kind of like this, like he seems newer. Right. And, and so I was like, I'm going to fucking destroy this room. Yeah. And I do. And I do feel like part of when uh, because there are so many new people when when the comics actually good. And they get up there, it's like the crowd's like even more on board because yeah. like, we just watched fucking four guys who didn't know what they're doing, and now you're you know what you're doing, and so it fucking yeah that room is the room pops off like it's yeah fucking it was dope. a lot of fun and it was it was definitely uh, it was a great experience but let's let's not talk about me anymore let's talk about you <laughs> so you told me you've been doing comedy for three years yeah you've been in the city for seven yeah where are you from originally uh, San Luis Obispo California oh so you came all the way across yeah. What brought you to New York? I, I like graduated school in San Francisco, and I didn't really... College or yeah, high school? Yeah, college. Okay. Um, I went to film school, but I didn't really want to do film, so I just kind of moved to New York because I knew I liked it. Okay. So then I just basically partied, worked in a restaurant for four years. Yeah. And then I was like to a point when I, I was like... I had some moments where... I mean, this ties into everything, but I, I like had sex with some girls that I... My not that my standards are that high, but they just weren't girls I'd normally have sex with. Yeah. And one of them, she like fell on my PlayStation and broke it. Um, so that was like this whole thing. And then I also got two drunk tattoos. Oh yeah, we're gonna get into okay, all that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I was just feeling like I'm like, what am I doing in New York? Like I'm doing all this, just oh, getting okay. drunk. Okay, so you're saying you when you you got here and you were like partying and. Just doing dumb shit. Yeah, exactly. And then after a few years, you were kind of like, what the fuck is, what am I doing? Right. And then, so there's an open mic, but like beneath the, there's a bar beneath my house and there's an open mic there. So one day I was just like, I'm just going to fucking do it. And so I. Have you always been a fan of comedy or were you That's just, the thing is like, I've always wanted to do comedy, but I've never, I never like watched much of it besides like just a few specials here and there. Yeah. But I just always like to make people laugh. So it's something I wanted to do. And like, even when I was like 16, I had a set written out and i was gonna go do it in my hometown and i wimped out and then when i first moved to new york i had a set right now and i'd like practice it to to the walk to and from the train because like a 10 minute walk yeah and then i went to an open mic to watch and then i just wimped out and oh, then okay. i waited another three years i Jeez. hit yeah so then i hit that low point and then so that i'm like i'm gonna do a mic tonight and i just wrote uh the set and i went on stage and just bombed like silence there you go and i did that seven times of silence which is horrible god that's a lot yeah and then but then finally i got a laugh and then i was like okay i'm in like i'm not yeah. in, but i'm doing this i'm gonna figure this out well and that's the thing too is it, it really 
defines um, who wants to do it and who doesn't when you go up and you bomb, because that's one of those things where it's like, okay, like how badly do you want to do this? Right. Because it's demeaning and demoralizing and all sorts of shitty when you get up there and it's just, I tell people all the time, I'd rather hear groans or booze than silence. Right. Because at least if people are groaning, they're listening and they get it. They just, their sense of humor isn't on track with yours. That's fine. But when it's silence, it's like, oh, nobody understands what I'm trying to say at all. Yeah. And that's the worst. Right, right. Because I've had those sets before, too, where it's like, oh, everyone here is well-adjusted? Nobody here knows about jail or rehab or heroin or anything? Right, okay, right. cool. I guess I'm just going to give a TED Talk about addiction. Right, yeah. Dude, it's, sometimes it's, I always tell people, I'm like, it's, the, the highs are really high and the lows are so low. Brutal. Yeah, yeah. you're like, why the fuck am I doing this? So you um you you did the open mic and then you said you were in where you kind of just like all right I'm going to work a regular job so I can pay my bills and then I'm just going to do comedy whenever I can wherever I can or did you kind of dip your toe into it Yeah I guess I I wasn't in I was cuz I what I did is I did like one op- one or two open mics a week for like 3 months Yeah and my thing was like I was like I cuz before you do comedy, you like see all these. You think like you have to be really funny to do comedy, and then I feel like I, now that I've been in the scene a while, I see people who aren't that funny, but they just figure out how to do comedy. Joke structure, yeah, yeah. joke structure. So I was like, I was just thinking, I'm like, if all these people figured it out, like, there's no way I can't figure it out if I just f- keep going back. Yeah. So I mean, I did that for like three months, did one or two mics, and then I quit for like six months. Yeah. Which I feel like we all do that. Yeah, oh yeah, I've done it a few times. Yeah, and then um. I was like uh, kind of trying I my the restaurant I worked at closed. And so I was like trying to find a job. I didn't want to do back go back to restaurants. I was like I need to figure something out. Yeah. And I was like I really like doing comedy. Um but I wasn't like prepared to just sit, like give it my all. But then I was like oh I'm just going to try it again. So I got back into it and then I was like okay, I'm going to fucking try and do this. Yeah. Right. Did that make sense? No, it yeah. makes perfect sense cuz that's what happened to me. Was right. I started doing comedy and it was like, and I started in South Florida and I was doing like a mic every couple of weeks, right. like here and there. And it was dog shit. Like I was so bad. And then I, you know, stopped for a while and then I started again. But same thing, like a mic every once in a while. And then I moved to Oklahoma City with my cousin because he was doing comedy up there. That's a long story. But uh, I moved up there and I was doing shows with him all the time. And I was trying to write like set up punch and it wasn't working because right. I'm not good at that. Um, so I just wasn't and I was drunk all the time. So I'd get on stage and do like one setup, but then another punchline and I do like an Arnold impression and run the light for like six minutes over and everyone in the scene hated me. That's funny because though. because I was just like the drunken asshole. Right, right. And then but I was really in like I was doing comedy as much as I could. Right. And then I ended up going to rehab in Jacksonville. This is 2013. And I was like, when I got out of rehab, I was like, all right, I'm going to like focus on comedy. So I worked in a restaurant and then I did like mics all the time. And then when I relapsed in 2015 or 14, 15, I like was just out. So like you're saying, like I was out for like a year and a half almost because I was just drunk all the time, but I had made a conscious decision where I was like, I'm not going to get on stage hammered like I used to. Okay. Like I was like, I can't do that again because right. I made a fucking ass out of myself and an entire scene. Like a lot of those people still won't talk to me from Oklahoma because they're like, 
you're not a real comic like you're a drunken idiot right even though i've you know turned things around so to your point i think every and everyone i've had on this podcast i think there's always a point where they take some time off because it's like we all want to do it and that's why we do it but it seems impossible right like especially when you're doing open mics and then you look at someone like burr or segura or Chappelle, and you're like i mean technically we both quote unquote do comedy but they're selling out arenas and especially in New York, you're doing an open mic in front of six other comics who are all staring at their phone. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, there's, there's a disconnect here. Yeah, for sure. But you've now grown, obviously. You've, you've got the mics that you host. Yeah. And how did that, how did the whole Hell Yeah comedy thing, is that something you jumped into or started or how did that happen? Yeah, me and my, uh, actually went to host, I wanted to host a mic just to get more stage time. Yeah. Or just, and just practice hosting. So I reached out to Seller 77 which is where the mic is. And uh, he's like, oh, I have two slots open if you want to bring a co-producer. So this guy, Billy Hawkman, I do comedy with. I asked him if he wanted to be one of the host the other mic, and he was on board. And then after we had the mics for a few weeks, we are like, let's get a show going. Okay. Um, and then... Because Seller 77 has a ton of mics at it. Yeah. like I mean, there's like four or five a day. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, so we we just got we started doing the shows and uh, we actually have two other producers now, so there's four of us. Oh wow, which is kind of a lot, but uh, it's been going. The last we had f- we're on our sixth show coming up, and they've all been really good. So well, that's awesome. Yeah, just like figuring out. There's so many fucking shows in New York. Yeah, just trying to like figure out what's how to make something different. But well, and that's a weird thing about it too was, I think I've said this before, but in Florida, especially in Jacksonville, there's the Comedy Zone. But there's a disconnect between the comedy zone and the local scene. So, like, in Orlando and Tampa, the main comedy clubs love the local scene. Like, they encourage the local scene to come out because they know people. They'll bring people to the comedy club and stuff like that. But in Jacksonville, it's not like that. So, the open mics are almost a show in themselves. Like, at a lot of our open mics, we had regulars that would come out. And they were almost like shows that just happened anyone could go up, if that makes sense. Yeah. It was like a thing. I feel like a lot of people do talk about that in other scenes outside of New York. Yeah. Where their open mics actually have real people. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. And in New York, like you're saying, there's so many shows and there's so much to do that the only people at the open mics in New York are comics. Yeah. And a lot of times, in my experience, it's comics who come in, do their set, and leave. Now, yeah. the Hell Yeah is really cool because everyone stays for that. I know Audrey runs a room at a Broadway comedy club, an open mic on Thursdays yeah. where she basically tells everyone like you're going to stay. Right, right. And if something's funny, you're going to laugh. And if it's not funny, don't laugh, but don't just sit there and stare at your phone. She basically says that at the open of every, every, yeah. every mic. So those are a lot of fun. But then I've been to other mics where literally you walk in and you're talking to yourself for three minutes, five minutes, whatever it is. Yeah. And you're like, the fuck are we doing? You know, what's crazy is like before the pandemic, that was way worse. Oh, and, it was. Yeah, like right now, it seems like everyone. It. I don't know if it's because there's not as many mics or like people. I, I don't know why it is, but now people actually will stay for the whole mic. Yeah. Where before the pandemic, I you would. It seemed like most mics, every, people would just leave. Oh, like, really? All the time, like Laughing Buddha would do this thing where they would auction. Do you know Laughing Buddha? No. There's a company who had all these mics at. They were at Seller Seventy Seven before, but there was some drama and they got kicked out of there or whatever. <laughs> okay. But, uh, they used to have at the end raffle a chip. And if you got the chip, then you can go up first on the next mic. 
so that was so everyone would stay yeah but like every other mic you would and i was guilty of the same thing i'm like i want to hit three or four mics a day so i do my time and leave but yeah it has gotten better i feel like it's but i'm slowly watching it get worse or people aren't staying like they were yeah so well it's weird too because you had mentioned earlier that you had seen a few specials, but you weren't really into stand-up. Like, I got into comedy because I loved stand-up. Right. Like, I just love the art of watching someone be like, I don't know if this is funny or not, but it's funny to me, so let's try it. And to me, that's, like, my favorite part is seeing what other people find funny. Now, there's a line, obviously. Like, if someone's humping the stool and being, like, super hacky, I'm like, all right, like... You're just doing this because it's like an easy way to get laughs for regular people. Right. But like it's it's truly like I've been obsessed with comedy since I was young and like the actual comedy. So when I go to Mike's and I see people leave, I'm always like, yeah, but don't you want to see like what everyone else is doing? Like, don't you want to like check out whatever? Because I'm just a fan of comedy. So that's why I always sit towards the front. You'll like if I think something's funny, I fucking laugh. Yeah. And I'm loud. But it's like one of those things where it's like, no, this is good. Like, you need to reward the person for coming up with this. Like, right. this is good. And that's why it's yeah. so weird to me when people treat it like you're saying, where they're just like, no, I want to hit like four mics. So I'm going to go up, do my set real quick and leave. It's like, yeah, but then you're you're almost losing a part of the whole part of comedy. Right. Which is the hangout, the hearing what everyone else is talking about, helping someone punch up a joke, someone helping you punch up a joke. Like, that's all involved in comedy. It's not just getting up, doing five, and leaving. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it does. And I, I feel like, I mean, I, I'm just now feel like I'm getting more part of the community. But for a long time, yeah, I was just, I just wanted my time. Yeah. I mean, I, I always try and laugh, but I, I'm not a loud laugher. Yeah. But, and then I try and stay, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I, feel, I, I think what you're saying is cool and i wish we were all like that but i feel like a lot of people just they well, get especially in new york i don't think there's hardly anybody like that right because it's interesting you said like a lot of other communities outside the city are, are you know people will stay and hang out in the show the mics are like shows i find and that's just something interesting is that once you get into new york it's much more this is a business like we're here to do work right. like this isn't a hangout we're all buddies kind of thing which is interesting because I have found hanging out at like the stand and the cellar has been more beneficial than tagging like three or four mics a day. Just yeah. hanging out. Right. Because then I get to know other com- and I've obviously been doing comedy a long time. So I don't like I need the reps, but I don't I don't have to get like four mics a day. Right, right. Like it's one of those things where it's like I have like if someone said, hey, do you want to do five minutes? I've got my five that I know is strong that I, I'm good with. So it's not like if I have a new bit, obviously, I want to work it out and stuff like that. But I have found it way more beneficial to just go to the stand and hang out. And now I've become friends with people who are paid regulars there and people who are names of note. And it's one of those things where it's like that happened not because I was tagging four mics a day. That happened just because I'm a comic and I did the thing that comics do. I hung out. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I'm friends with these people and it's like that would have never happened going to open mics because they never, you know, those they're established comedians. They don't go to open mics. Yeah, right. And that's something I I just now trying to do more of is cuz I for 3 years I was just do mics, wouldn't go to people's shows, wouldn't hang out at clubs and uh but then I watch people who are newer to the scene and they're they're doing way more shows and they put put in the time with the hangout and yeah. meeting people. And I'm like, oh, that's all, I mean, it's not more important than the jokes, but it's a big part. It's of as it. important. Yeah. To be honest with it. you. And I 
I it hurts me to say that because I'm very pretentious when it comes to comedy. I'm very much like this is an art form. Like what we're doing is art. So it, it, it pains me to say it, but it's true. The hang is almost is as important as the jokes. Yeah. Because if people if you're cool with people and you're decently funny, they'll put you on their show like they have no problem doing that. But if you're an asshole, you have to be like next level funny for people to put you on a show. Yeah. So it's almost like if you're cool to hang out with, people don't mind being like, yeah, you've got five. Why don't you go up and do it? Which sucks because you almost want to be like, no, the joke should speak for themselves. But that's not how it works. Right. There's just too many. I think there's just too many damn comics. Yeah, there is. Especially right. in New York. It hurts, dude. It's insane. When I first moved here, like the first week I was here, I went to do an open mic. And there were two people that I met after the mic because I said right on stage, I was like, I just moved here. Like, I literally have been here for a week. This is the first mic I've done. I was like, I'm so excited because no matter what happens, I'm technically doing comedy in New York City. No one can take that away from me. And that's how I looked at the first mic. And so a couple comics came up to me after and they're like established comedians in the New York scene. Like they do open mics, but they do shows as well. And they're past at certain clubs. And they talked to me and like we hung out for a little bit after. And I was like, sweet, this is going to be so easy. I shit you not. I have not seen either of those comics at a mic again. Right. And I, I don't go to a ton of open mics, but I still go. But I have not seen them since because there are so many comics and so many mics that yeah. it was just one of those weird things where it's like, oh, I literally have never seen them again. Yeah. And I see that all the time, too, where I, I do. I guess I'm like at Cellar 77 a lot. And there's like the group of comics to go there. I go to the West Side Comedy Club and there's all these new people and they're all funny, too. And I'm like, I think I would have thought I would know them. They would know them. Yeah. Especially if you're funny, then I'm like, I would. How do have I not run across? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's so weird. I'm like, fuck. There's so many comics. Yeah. And everything has its own little like set. So there's like the Cellar 77 crew. Then, like yeah. you said, there's the West Side Comedy Club. Then Broadway has a bunch of mics. There's the comics that just go there. And like I try to go to different ones just because I work at night and I work in a restaurant. So my schedule is always wonky. So I'm always ending up at different mics. So I'm literally seeing like there's a set of like 12 or 13 comics that only go to these mics. Yep. And then there's another set of like 12 or 13. And then you do the math and you're like, well, there's 10 or 15 random places that do comedy. So if there's 10 or 15 comics going to each of those 10 or like that's and then you start to like be like, that's a like over 100 comics just going to these open mics. Yeah. And that's just mics. Like and that's yeah, level exactly. Above and then the level above. And, and that's bananas. Like, yeah. I feel like you can't even think about it because then it just it, gets uh, overwhelming You're it's like, very discouraging am i doing this that's yeah. how i feel I'm like i can't it's rough but well let's talk about so when you first moved to new york you came here uh because you just kind of wanted to live here yeah and you were doing you said you were working in a restaurant um and then you were just out partying mm -hmm. what was your kind of like go-to because it's new york has such a wide range of things like there's the rave scene and the club scene and the concert scene and the, you know, there's so much stuff. So what was kind of your thing? Like you go to work and then get off and just go to a bar. Would you guys go out or were yeah, you doing I mean, drugs just, or what was the thing? No, it was more just like drink. I mean, a lot of time I wouldn't go out after I get so hungover. Like, Oh, do you? Yeah. I have since I started drinking, you would think I would have stopped drinking, but I still do. When it. did you start drinking? I started drinking like later, like when I was 19. Okay. That was the same thing with me. I started I started when I was like just about to turn 18, but it like okay. all my friends drank since like freshman year of high school and I was like I did not do that. Yeah, well and then maybe you can relate to this cuz I 
like when you're 16, you do, you start getting drunk and you're the drunk idiot. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, he's 16. He's new at this. I did that when I was like 20, 21 <laughs> in college. So I was like, I'd be like fucking doing stupid shit. I'd be sleeping in my throw up and. But I'm, and it's not cute when you're fucking 21. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, so, I know exactly what you mean. Right. So, I was that person at like 2021, 20, same thing, where I would just get way too hammered. And like, I, I stole a friend's car. I told that story one oh, time shit. on this podcast because I was like, I just want to go home. So I just ran outside and took his car, hammered drunk. And the car ran Damn. out of gas. And I was like, I don't know what to do. But it's like, when you're 16, 17, it's like, oh, you know, you just started drinking, like, let him go. But when you're 20, 21, it's like, the fuck's wrong with you, right. asshole? Exactly. Yeah, so I so um, I don't even know why I brought that up. Because you said you started drinking later in life. Right, right. Um, so, I mean, so, like, New York, my biggest thing I would do is pretty much go to happy hour on my days off and then just continue through till fucking two or three in the morning okay so where you work in because in restaurants it's weird i tell people this all the time but like full time in a restaurant is normally like four days a week so were you right. working like five or six days a week or were you yeah no i was like four days a week i yeah. was i mean I, I worked in a bunch of restaurants around the city but i guess i, I generally just wouldn't go out after i got off yeah because it's already like late and then you're there till four in the morning yeah and that's that's the that's the thing that i'm starting to discover uh because obviously i don't drink anymore but like i talk to some people that i work with and most of the time because i work in nicer places so a lot of times it's older servers because you have to have the experience to work there right. and they just go home right after work but some of the younger servers are like no nah, man we go out after this and i'm like the fuck is like what like we don't get out till midnight yeah like, where what are you doing and they're like, oh, no, I hit a rave at 1 a.m. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. no. Yeah, I never I never got into the raves or <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, I never I never even knew it was still a thing. It was a thing in the 90s, but I never knew it was still a thing until I moved to New York. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and Shit. there's a couple people I work with who go who do the rave scene. So that's the only reason I keep bringing it up is because, like, I, I know it's a New York thing. Yeah, like, especially, like, in, in Bushwick. They yeah. got warehouses. Like, that, that fucking scene still huge yeah i mean i don't know what it was in the 90s but now like so many people are still in like that. four or five in the morning just yeah out there. <laughs> there's a place called house of yes have okay you that place Never. it's in bushwick and they always have crazy parties i've heard people they have like sex parties uh. and people go there and it's like the rave but you can go in the different rooms and just bang yeah and like people are you're like tied up and people are whipping you and shit. oh that's gross yeah i haven't done i mean that. whatever you're into but <laughs> it's cool if you're into it yeah, yeah if you're in <laughs> if you're a weirdo yeah fucking do it <laughs> No. I always get so nervous now that I'm in New York because in Florida, you can kind of just say whatever. But in New York, right. I'm always like, oh, I'm going to offend somebody or somebody's going to get upset. Like, I always am like tiptoeing around that. Yeah. So when you're like, yeah, it's a sex party. I'm like, well, I don't want to kink shame anybody. But still, that's that's kind of weird to me. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, New York is touchy with that. Sort oh, of thing. it's really touchy. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I've done shows where I'll tell true stories about things that have happened to me. And everyone's good because it's a true story and everyone in New York is fine with it. But the second I try to say something that doesn't even seem mildly offensive, people are like, you can't. Nope, you can't say that. Right. And it's like, I just said gay. And they're like, yeah, nope, can't do it. And I'm like, oh, I'm so confused. Yeah. Wait, and is that something you've, like, in Florida is the... No, but in Florida, people are just like, oh. Say like, whatever. Yeah. And, like, people get offended. But in Florida, I have the opposite, where people, where I'll tell a true story and then people people middle-aged white women will come up to me afterwards and go you shouldn't like i have a bit about this guy named tyrone who i'm still friends with 
on Facebook and like we still communicate, but it's about being in jail and this whole thing that happened with Tyrone. Is he and, Puerto Rican or something? No, he's a black guy. That's but yeah. as a humor, here we go. Here we go. Hey, <laughs> but women will like older middle-aged white women come up to me after the show. And they go, "Why has he got to be Tyrone?" I go, "Well, because that's his name." Uh, and they go, "That's racist." And I go, "No, that's a true. That happened." Right, right. And they go, "Well, you should change his name to like Bob or Bill." And I go, "But it wasn't a guy named Bob or Bill. It was it was this guy." And I've noticed that, and that happens in Florida, but I've noticed shows I do in New York, that doesn't, like, if you're like, this is a true story, people don't really combat you on it. They're just kind of like, okay, because New York is so diverse, and there's so many different people, they're like, yeah, we could see that being a guy named Tyrone. Right. But the problem is, is in Florida, it's not that diverse. So when you say Tyrone, and you, you know, it's a black guy, people automatically go, why has he got to be black? Oh, and that's it's interesting. Like, that's weird that you would, this is the stance that you would take. Right. But that's just something I noticed in New York. It's a lot. It's weird because there's certain stuff you can get away with a lot more. But then there's other things that you cannot get away with at all. Yeah. Especially if you're like uh, like Bushwick, the the comedy, like I feel like just like being like a straight white dude. It seems like people just aren't on board on board. You have to like really win, have them to win over. Them. Yeah. And I've even done shows there. That's more like the mics. But. You heard it here first. Cody said, "Free the straight white male." <laughs> yeah, we need we need help right now, guys. <laughs> no, I'm, but um, oh, but that'll be the name of the I, episode. <laughs> I was gonna say though, fucking a lot of people when I tell them I do comedy, they're like, "Isn't it weird right now with the PC culture and you can't say anything? You, you guys aren't allowed to say anything." And I'm like, "The thing is, you can say shit as long as it's funny." Yeah, if it's funny, you can say whatever. Yeah, you, want. you can get away with it. But a lot of people, I and I did this too when I first started comedy, is I would see black comics talking about race or pretty much any other race besides the white guys talking about race and i'm like they could do it i'm gonna try it oh and so no. I, w- I tried like a few jokes that were racially charged a little and they w- the thing is they weren't funny yeah and so then they just bombed so hard but i i constantly watch new comics in the scene do that where they're they're like i'm gonna try the white guys like i'm gonna try this and then just fucking tank yeah and that's something i actually tried when i first started comedy because i played college football and i was kind of a like a bro bro like, you know, a broy kind of douche. So I tried like all these like supercharged, almost shock jock kind of things like, oh, well, if a girl gets raped, that's still cheating. So I got to break up with her. And like, it's not funny. It's just like it's like gross. Yeah. But like I, I was like, oh, this is so edgy. And it's like, no, that's just that's just shitty. Yeah. Like, right. why would you? That's just shitty. And so it took me. And obviously that was, you know. 12 years ago when I first started comedy but to your point like I was like I'm gonna be edgy and cool and it's like that's not my voice at all yeah like if anything I'm the angry guy who gets like kind of pissed about shit but I'm not a shock jock kind of person when it comes to comedy yeah and sometimes though when I when people are doing the shock thing on purpose like just you're like or you know that's their shtick I just feel like I'm just like I just not into it I'm yeah like, I'm, you, you like easily you see what they're doing and you're like okay, yeah come on. If it's like jesselnick does it really well where he'll do something and then he'll do a misdirect and then the next joke it'll go right where you think it's going but because of the misdirect of the joke before you didn't see that coming uh. so that's very much like the way he puts all that together in his joke structure that's good right it's awesome when you talk about like that kind of like uh shock humor but then when you see new people do it, it's just like dead baby jokes. And you're like, this isn't yeah. like, what are you doing? Like you read these online and then you came to an open mic to try them. 
that's not how comedy works. Right. And I feel I feel like most of the time people figure that out like oh yeah. this isn't working or they just quit or they quit yeah so, so either way I mean, either way but, but yeah if, it, if someone does shock humor well then yeah i'm on board yeah right? it just seems like it's something newer people are attracted always to. try yeah yeah because everyone always thinks that's going to be their lane until mm-hmm. it's not i mean that's what happened with me right that's exactly what i thought i was going to do and then i tried it and i was like oh this isn't this is not only not funny this isn't good at all this like hurts my soul yeah like i can't do this right but you were saying um Happy hour, days off. Let's get back on track. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, drinking, drinking. I have a, I have a problem with just talking comedy, especially I know, when I have I, comics on. I'll just talk comedy the whole time, and then I'll get emails where people are like, "All right, man, like, are we going to share any stories?" So, <laughs> you were going to happy hour, getting fucked up, yeah, and then that's also the lamest way to say you get drunk to go to happy hour, but it's fine. But I, I mean, I that's. It's better than the way I used to get drunk. I used to just buy a bottle after work and go home and watch Netflix and do shots by myself. That's badass, though. I feel like that's a <laughs> badass category. That is, it is badass until you end up in the yeah, hospital. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> and then Fair. When you're 30 and people are like, you got alcohol poisoning in your 30s? And you're like, yeah, got a little crazy. Yeah. That's oh, when shit. it's not cool. But um, how did you... Did, was it pro- a progressive thing where you were getting like really fucked up and like hooking up with girls and like that whole thing that happened? Or was it one of those things where when you started drinking, like you said, you started later. So you were just from jump like, let's go. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, I f- to be honest, I didn't really hook up with that many girls. I, I wish it was more. But I like just went through a phase where I guess I can go into the tattoos. Yeah, because that's like that, part yeah. of it. Um, my buddy and I went to happy hour there was old fashions for five dollars which is that a steal yeah it's a steal especially in new york and uh we were like we're already hammered we're walking down the street and we see that there's we're walking by a shoe store and it should have been closed but uh it it was open on the sign that said uh tattoos 25 dollars and my shoe store at a shoe store and my buddy's like um, we should get a tattoo because he has a bunch of shitty drunk tattoos. And yeah. I was like, fuck, no, I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, besides, they're probably not real. They're $25. And then the fucking tattoo artist was sitting there smoking. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, they're real. <laughs> and so we're, and then so my buddy's like, okay, let's do it. And we go in. And, and you're hammered. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're already hammered. And my but there's like, you could pick one of five and he picks one. And it's like this woman like shaped like an apple, but she's naked. It's supposed to be like a, the big apple. It's horrible tattoo. Okay. And uh and I'm like, I'm not gonna get one, but the tattoo artist has beer in there. We're just as he's getting the tattoo, we're just continually drinking. And then so then finally I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna get one. So I got I pointed to one, it's like this train with butterfly wings. He called it the love train, but it's the thing is it's <laughs> it's not funny enough where it's a funny tattoo and it's not good enough where it's good. So it's on this like weird middle ground. Yeah. Which makes it Worse. worse it's the worst like it's the worst possible anyway so i got that and uh the whole the whole next week i regretted it like the next day i was like where did I, you get it it was on my leg okay yeah so i mean if unless my shorts are like i'm sitting you can't really see it yeah and uh but i was regret it i was like bartending at this place and i didn't show any of my coworkers. like i remember like kind of trying to hide it because i was like so embarrassed of it and so then the next friday literally the next friday a week later we go out same bar same happy hour we're walking by same shoe store same shoe store same tattoo artist and then fucking i went in there and got another tattoo i was like i the next day i just like what the fuck am i doing so did you stop with the tattoos after that 
Yeah, yeah. The next, I got one more, and that one actually get put money and time towards. Yeah, where these were like drunken decisions. Yeah, one of them is fine. It's just a word, so that's whatever. But the I still what's the word? Is is (laughs) I never explain this to people. It's a it's a song that uh, just like my favorite song. It's Wake by the band called The Antlers. Okay, yeah, it's pretty gay. Can I say it's gay? Yeah, you say whatever you want. But uh, it's uh. So yeah, and after so I did that, and then in the through in the middle of that, actually the first night I got that uh, train, the love train, the love you train. Can say it. I got the love train. I had sex with this girl. That was the one who broke the PlayStation. What, so what happened there? She just was like drunk and fell on it. Yeah. No. The thing is, I don't. I don't. The thing is, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> my PlayStation worked the day before she came over, and then it stopped working the day after, and I assume it was her. So I'm <laughs> maybe they just it just. Oh, so you working. don't have like there wasn't like you guys were like messing around no. and she like fell right on it. Or I don't something. have sex that good. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. I but I just think it was her. That maybe that's wrong to accuse no. some random chick. Fuck them. But uh, so then yeah, so that it was just like those little moments, just a lot of drinking. Well, the, you had a couple of those like almost like shorter stories that are very self-explanatory. But I wanted to get into a couple of them. So you had you had said something about a concert that you went to, or kind of did you actually go to it? No. So the, <laughs> tell that story. How when when did this happen? How long were okay, you in so New York? Okay, so this was well, this was pre New York. This oh, was so like, this is in California. Yeah, this is California. I had bro- how old were you? Uh, how old was I? I was. I had to be nineteen or twenty. Okay, so you had just started. So drinking. I just started drinking, and my ex, like my high school girlfriend dumped me at the time okay and i like was very in love with her and so yeah, i was like devastated yeah, yeah so that's when i actually started drinking um and so we were going me and my brother got tickets to lmfao hell yeah which is it was huge back then yeah and this was at that time and i fucking uh we got a the the concert was like a few towns down so we got a campsite Rented an RV. Oh, shit. Like, really, we're like, we're going to do this. I bought, like, a stupid neon tank top. I learned how to shuffle. There you like, go. Like, which is, like, a big thing for them. I watched a YouTube video and, like, learned how to shuffle. So I was, like, on board. We are with some girls that when we are all going to the concert, and we started drinking vodka. And I'm walking. What time is the concert? The concert was at, like, 6 p.m. And you started drinking? Probably, like, 4. Okay, so not crazy early. But. Yeah, but it, was, but it was just so just a lot well quickly. yeah and vod- i mean when people that's something i've noticed doing the show and in, in my alcoholism is that a lot of times people are like beer wine drinkers and then they're like oh man and then i got on the liquor and it was crazy but like i've always been just a straight uh, liquor drinker so like if you're not used to that if yeah. you're uninitiated then it's it's painful yeah especially when it's shots always till to this day shots still fuck me up where I think, oh, I'm, yeah? I think I'm handling it and, and, then, we, and then we <laughs> take shots and it? then I can't but um that's great <laughs> so we're like I think I can do it and then I can't yeah I thought I that would come with age but it doesn't but um we're walking so I, I actually like hardly remember leaving the RV so yeah so how far is the RV it's probably the like campsite a, from the actual it's like venue. half mile walk. Oh, okay. So you guys can just get fucked up and then walk. There. Yeah. And so you start drinking at four. You guys are doing vodka. We're doing shots. We're getting crazy. Yeah. And then you don't even remember leaving to go to the concert. No. And then I 
next thing I know, I wake up in my living room back home. Oh shit! Yeah, and my so you completely blacked out. Oh, blacked out, and my my dad was like laying on the sleeping on. I was on the living room floor. My dad was on the couch, and I was like, "Yo, what happened?" He's like, "We had to pick you up." And so apparently what happened is I was just, we we're all walking and I just fucking fell over. And then so the ambulance came. Oh my God. So your brother was like panicked. Yeah. And they, and they like, uh, they're doing all these tests and my brother's like, he's fine. It's fine. I can take him. And then, so my brother called my mom. Oh no. And then, so they let us go obviously. So then the, my mom picked me up and then I fucking, my brother went to the concert and had a great old time and I just fucking, you went home. You yeah. Were dragged home, dragged home. And I had like, when I woke up, I, I had all these, like, I don't know. I don't know what the EMTs put on me, but something maybe for the blood alcohol, but I had all these like sticky patches on me. Oh really? I'm not sure what it was. Well, a lot of times they put like the EKGs and like stuff yeah. like that to measure your heart rate right, and all right. that kind of stuff. So those are sticky pads that they'll put on you. Yeah. And so God, that was so like you, just missed the whole thing. And I spent just like so much time and money going to that. I thing. still can't get over that. You guys got a campsite, <laughs> rented an RV. Yeah. Like that's serious, especially at 1920. That's serious, like money and time that yeah. you're putting towards especially it. Especially LMFAO. Like yeah. it wasn't like we were big fans. We were just like, just thought this concert would be a worth yeah. doing. And I, then I guess. I you know. missed everything. Everything. Did you at least have a good time, like, getting to that point? No, that's the stupid thing is, like, I, I we got drunk so quickly that I don't – it's not like I, like, got to enjoy the moment yeah, you didn't going even up have, to it. God, that sucks. Which is, which is the worst. So that was, that was probably my first, like, not being able to handle my alcohol yeah. moment. Um, well, then you also had a story um, that happened in New York where you just – Again, with the this is, seems to be a common theme where you just passed out. Yeah, that was. <laughs> so what happened with that one? That one I just went I went drinking with this girl. I, I actually was drinking after I got off work that day, and I went with this girl. Where was this at? This was in the East Village. Okay, and how long ago was this? This was. This had to be like 2016 or 2015, maybe. Okay, so you hadn't started comedy yet. You're still no. doing the party thing in yeah, New York. Yeah, still partying and. Uh, I went to, with this girl I worked with to a bar and we're just drinking and I got, and she like, I remember her leaving. Do you remember what you were drinking? Were you doing it beer? It was like margaritas. Oh, okay. So you're back on the liquor Hell trip. yeah, dude. That's when it always goes south in the margaritas. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and then, so I, I remember saying bye to her and then the next thing I know I wake up. Oh no. Again. So you are at the bar drinking margaritas. You remember saying like, all right, I'll see you later. Yeah. And then the next thing you remember is waking up. Yeah, and I, I woke up in the... <laughs> That's the second time this has happened. <laughs> yeah, this is not good. Uh, I haven't done this in a while, so that's good for me. I'm learning, maybe. But uh, <laughs> Oh, and so I woke up, and I'm, I'm literally two blocks from the bar, so I didn't even make it that far. But I'm sitting up. My legs are, like, spread, sprawled, and I, my head's, like, hanging in my legs like i'm yeah. like bent over like and you're I'm, nodding out on heroin yeah exactly and i'm covered in throw up oh my god and so it, what and what woke me up is my i my friend's apartment was right there and i think i tried to go there because i realized i was fucked up but i didn't ring the buzz or anything i just like sat down threw up everywhere and so then when she came out to work at six in the morning she saw me there oh my god and she's like what are you doing and i was like I couldn't even talk. This was your friend that yeah. you were talking? Okay. And this is not the one I was drinking with. This no, is like it's a, a different, different friend. friend. Yeah. And uh, 
she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I, I don't like, I couldn't even talk. And she's like, well, I got to go to work. And I was like, okay. And then she fucking left and just left me <laughs> covered in my throat. So a person, you know, let's not say friend. Let's say yeah, a person well, that that's you know. A, the stupid thing is she was my friend and she's still <laughs> my friend, but it, cause she texted me like, half hour after she's like oh my gosh you caught me off guard like i was late for work i didn't even think of how i is fucked up i just left you so she like quickly apologized okay, all right but still the fact that if you're if you wake up and i lived in brooklyn so it's not like i'm like nearby yeah you're at least a 40 minute train ride from home yeah and so she and yeah and so i like so what what happened so when did you this is fascinating to me when did you leave the bar do you have any recollection it of had that? to be like because it's after it had to be like midnight Maybe one in the morning. Okay, so it wasn't. It's not. Ex, it's not ex- exponentially late. It's not like four in the morning and then you pass out for a couple hours. No, you were out for like six hours. Yeah, probably around that time. Yeah. Oh my god! And you're just on the side of the street. Yeah, and the thing is, I had. I always had my backpack, and my backpack was still on. I I had glasses. I was wearing sunglasses or no, glasses like my back? glasses, glasses, okay. which I don't wear that often, but I had on that night, and they those are literally covered in puke. But my, they were still on my face. Like, oh my god! So you were like violently throwing. Up. Yeah, and luckily I was like sitting up. Well, and like I guess I don't. Know. And that's, I mean, obviously good that you were. Yeah, because you could have choked on your own vomit. Uh, that I, you hear about that a lot, but I, I actually know some people who got taken out by that. But oh, uh, shit. yeah, it's and it's such a like. It's like man, you do you do heroin and like you got taken out by throw up. Like <laughs> fuck, man. Oh, but that's um. Sad. There's so many things like you're in New York, which is not the safest place in the world to pass out with your wallet and backpack yeah. and phone. And you're just out for hours, like not even it's almost like the throw up was a shield. Maybe like I don't think anyone was going to roll you because you were covered in vomit. Yeah. Well, that's I never thought about that. Oh, that's this is shit I think about all yeah. the time. Thanks. Throw up. I knew, that's good. You got to tell that story on stage. Fucking, and I mean, also is good. It was summer because i almost did the same thing during uh, winter you could have froze which you would you could just die yeah you know what i mean i mean i, I always hoped that someone would stop and like wake me but up they but won't yeah like how many people i walk by so many people where i'm like i should wake them up but i'm like if they're they're fine you yeah know and mean? that's that's something that's been difficult for me is <clears throat> so it's a big thing where i don't want to ignore someone Who's down on their luck? Because I've been homeless before. Like, I've not had a place to sleep. Like, I've slept in cars and on. I've had to couch surf. And there are times where I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm fucked. Right. Obviously. There's a reason you go to rehab and detox. And, like, there's a reason. Like, you don't go in on a winning streak. So, I've been in rough spots before. So, whenever I see someone like that, I'm, I always feel bad. And, like, if I have an extra cigarette, I'll give them a cigarette. If I have, like, a spare dollar or so, I'll give them that. But in New York, it's so prevalent that it be you almost do become numb to it. No matter how much empathy you have, you see so many people just, just chilling, basically. Yeah. Outside of subway stops, outside of stores, just on the side of the street. That I've only been here for three months and I've almost become numb to it. Yeah. And that's something that is interesting because I have never seen snow. I haven't been here for a winter yet. But like you're saying, like, I hope that if I see someone sprawled out and it's cold out, I would have the decency to be like, yo, man, are you okay? But there's also a part of me that's like, I don't know if I'm going to do that because I've gotten so used to the homeless situation that I just don't. It's almost sometimes it doesn't even register. Yeah. Well, that's 
that's crazy because i mean it's so true like i don't even think about it anymore yeah and like in your case god forbid if that happened in the winter time because you were totally out of it like obviously like you threw up on yourself and you were sitting in your own yeah vomit right so if that happened and it was like you know 30 something degrees outside you could have died oh uh, yeah and i did and that happened to me like a, is a few years later i was i got like crossfaded and i was in a uber and i I got sick in the Uber for whatever reason. And I, I like had to crawl out of the Uber and I was like crawling up my stairs. Did you throw up in the Uber? No, I didn't. I was to say you get a $250 charge if you do that. Yeah. Somehow I've always avoided that, even yeah. though I've had those moments where I thought I would have, but, uh, it was in the middle of winter and I was crawling up the steps, like outside to my apartment, yeah, like up to the main door. And I, I like kind of passed out, but I remember thinking like, dude, you will, you have you're going to gonna die. Yeah. And somehow I fucking crawled up. Survival's the most basic instinct. <laughs> right. And no, I'm being serious too, because there are times where I've been fucked up, like fucked up, but I still end up like on my living room floor or, you know what I mean? Like I yeah, still yeah. like have somehow managed to survive. Yeah. It's and crazy. it's like a lot of times it takes a lot like for your body. If, unless your body's completely shut down. Cause like I said, I've had friends go out that way where their body's just shut down. But until your body's completely shut down, your brain, that last little part of your brain will be like, come on. Like we got to go. Yeah. We got to go. Which is so crazy. Cause I always think of like, I always have my wallet like i still like do my wallet yeah phone wallet check, keys, my keys phone, yeah. and even though i'm annihilated my, yeah. my brain's still like oh you got you there's know, there's yeah. some basic things that your brain will always function on it's so weird it's just trying to help you survive man yeah that's damn i can't believe twice you've passed out in front of your own <laughs> yeah I'm just not good at drinking, I think. <laughs> um, well, speaking of not good at drinking, i wanted to get there was a couple stories that you said we wanted to save for the end and we are coming up on the time, so I want to make sure we have enough time to do both of them. So the first one was uh, pretending to be paralyzed. Hell yeah. That's the one I definitely wanted to hear about. Okay. And then we're going to do the the one that you said was Stuck the best one. Stuck in a one. woman's garage. We're going to do that one last. Okay, so do the yeah. pretending to be paralyzed one. Um, okay. I was. Uh, this was when Set I. Set it up. Where are we at? I was in college in San Francisco. And uh, that there was, a, there was like a bar that. Cause all my friends were underage. Yeah. So, um, because I, uh, moved on to the dorms and it's supposed to be like upperclassmen, but there's all younger people anyway. So I was friends with all younger people. So we'd go to this bar where they didn't really ID or they, okay. they'd like look, if it was a fake ID, they like wouldn't give a fuck. Um, or they just look and they're like, if they're showing it to me, they yeah, gotta exactly. Be That's I, as a server, I've done that quite a few times. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm like, if someone's going to go through the effort of pulling their ID out, then they have to be 21. Right. Like I just assume they're 21. Dude, one time I was bartending and these kids showed me their IDs and I saw their fake, but I'm like, whatever. I'm like, oh, I gave them drinks. And then they're sitting there talking about, one of them was talking about how old they are. And I was just like, hey, guys, I saw your IDs. Like, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was it. But I'm like, it's, I yeah. Like, like don't do that. Don't do that. And servers here, especially in New York, we don't give a fuck. Yeah. But uh, anyway, this is San Francisco. And um, we, we, we like pre-gamed a little. I had like two drinks. We walk into this bar. Back on liquor? Uh, no, this is actually beer. Okay. This this one actually wasn't even that drunk. I was just like a little buzz. And I, I slipped on some like water on the ground and went from feet to back, like full on like cartoon fall. Like whoop, 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 whoop. Exactly. Like it's a banana or something. And I landed on my back and the bouncer comes over and he's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Get the fuck off the floor. You're fucking hammered. And I was like, 
was like kind of out of it, but I was also like mad that he was just yelling at me yeah, when I just fell at his bar. Yeah, you were so drunk that you fell over. Yeah, and so I'm like, dude, I can't move my legs. He's like, get the fuck up, come on, you get. I'm like, dude, I can't move my legs. And I could, obviously. So you immediately went to, fuck this guy for yelling at me. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. pretend I slipped and I'm paralyzed. Yeah, and instead of like being... <laughs> I always think, because it's like me being a like... It's like I'm, how I get mad. It's not like I like was like yelling back. Like, okay, I'll show you. It's like passive yeah. aggressive. And uh, So that's what you do. You're not like me. I'm aggressive. So like if I get mad, like you'll know. Yeah. But you, you're very much like, oh... This is how you want to play it? Okay. Yeah, I know. I just don't even get mad that much. I hate confrontation. Yeah. So you decided, <laughs> I'll pretend I'm paralyzed. I think because I was That'll like. That'll show you. <laughs> I think I just drunk, like, just drunk enough where I was like, this is how I'm going to deal with it. I don't fucking know. This is how we're going to play it. And so my buddy who I was with, who was in EMT school at the time, he come, he runs up. He's like, dude, are you serious? Can you not move your legs? And I'm like. I can't move my legs. Like I tell him and like he's in EMT school. So you're all in on this. Yeah. And he should have been like, don't move him Yeah, clearly. But they're like, no one was making good decisions. So the bouncer gets the other bouncer and he calls him over. He's like this. He he says he can't move. And the other bouncers will like, let's get him. So they pick me up. One has my legs. One should never do. Right. Someone falls. Yeah. And um, because you can fuck it. You can like, obviously you're, in a situation where that's not the case, but <laughs> like if someone's in an accident or really legit falls and you pick them up, you could fuck their spine yeah, all yeah. sorts of up. I feel like that's, and that's like common knowledge. Yeah. And my, anybody who watches TV knows that. Right. And my EMT buddy didn't, I, I just keep going back to him cause I'm pissed about it. But, um, so then they lift me up. They walk me through the bar, out a side door, down an alley to the front of the bar, across the street. They walk up, we walk like a block down. Meanwhile, the whole time I'm just sitting there like, I can't just saying I can't move my legs. Yeah. You're, so I'm like fully committed. You're fully committed. And to they the just role. set me on the sidewalk and then just leave me there. And then the bouncers go back to the bar. And, and then, so I was, so this is like a scene in bad boys too, where the kid is like ODing on ecstasy and they go, just get him out of the club. I haven't seen that, but that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they put him in a fake ambulance, drive him like a block away and throw him out of the ambulance because they just don't want him to die at the club. Yeah, that's that's what it was. And that's part of why I bring up the underage thing. Yeah. Because I think they were like, oh, fuck, like this could really get us screwed. Yeah. Not only is this a lawsuit because he slipped, like if you were actually hurt, but also he's underage in a bar he's not even supposed to be in. Yeah, exactly. So they just drug you a block away from the bar and just left you? And just left me. Nobody called the ambulance? No. No, I mean, and my buddy at that point, he came out and I was like, I, t- I told him, like, I'm fine. And so I don't, I don't even remember if we went back in the bar, what happened, but the next day. That would be hilarious if you walked back in like, hey guys. <laughs> yeah. I, wish, I wish I had that vision. Gotcha. To like, yeah, to do that. But uh, I, I was like pissed about the whole thing. And the next day I, I literally looked up lawyers on line thinking like, I'm going to fucking sue these people. Like this yeah. whole thing. And my buddy's like, dude, you're not paralyzed. So I was like, yeah, I guess like I can't be that mad. Yeah. Because you're just, not paralyzed. Right. <laughs> you can walk, dude. But uh, so I've that, done that before a couple of times where you get so mad. Par- well, I have done that. But also, serious? yeah. Oh, shit. When you get so mad at an establishment, you're like. Fuck them. Like, I'm going to show them. Yeah. And then you, like, start to dig into it, and you're like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> right. this is stupid. Yeah. There was one time I did, I don't know if I've ever told this story, but uh, I was, this is when I was blowing through that $26,000 in 28 days. I know I've told that story, but there was one night where I was drunk in my apartment, and it was on the second story 
So it was downtown Daytona. It's basically all businesses. But one of these businesses had like a, a live-in apartment on the next story up. So I'm living in that live-in apartment. And it's not New York. It's downtown Daytona. So all the buildings are like maybe two or three stories high. That's it. So I'm in this apartment. And I remember I just was like so obsessed with the tension. And like like I stabbed myself in the stomach one time because I wanted my ex, my girlfriend at the time to like drive all the way up from Miami to Daytona. So I was like, oh, if I stab myself and go to the hospital, she'll have to come see Yo, me. That's something I've always wanted to do with my ex-girlfriends. You you, so fun fact, your brain, if you're cognizant, you will not allow you to stab yourself. Oh, shit. Like you have to be all sorts of fucked up. And even then, like I hit myself as, as I thought as hard as I could and I barely stabbed myself. But like I was like, I'm going to go to the hospital and call her and be like, I got stabbed. Like you have to come up. But anyway, I there's a <laughs> reason crazy. I'm sober That's now. Crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I was this is I'm 22 or 23. And I, I just loved like when everyone felt bad for me, like even if it was like I got wasted, like obviously the stabbing thing and that. So like I remember thinking to myself, if I jump off the, the like the back door led out to almost like this balcony, but it wasn't even a balcony. It was basically just like a little deck that had stairs that went down. Um, and I was like, if I jump off this deck, I could really hurt myself. So I was like, I don't want to jump off the deck because I could seriously injure myself, but I do want like the ambulance to come up and make a big show of it. Uh. So I walked down the stairs, called 911 on my phone, said I fell off my balcony and then tossed my phone and was like yelling to my phone like, help, help, this is where I am. And just pretended to be paralyzed. And then the ambulance showed up and again, I'm hammered. And the ambulance shows up and they go, did you fall? And I said, yeah. And they go, well, actually, we see people who fall all the time and your trajectory is all off. Like, there's no way you would have fallen. <laughs> like, because of where I was in right, like relation right. to the deck, they're like, there's no way you fell. Even if you jumped, you would have had to run and jump as hard as you could to get this far out. Right. And I was like, you got me. And they're like, we're leaving. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And it was like, well, it was one of those moments where it's like, what are you doing? That's so funny. But I also, to your point, have fake paralyzed. Yeah. That's so funny. You also have a fake paralyzed. Yeah. Story. I wonder if there, a lot of people have them, you know? I mean, maybe if they I drink not, like, but... like we're talking about, they might. That's so funny. But yeah, I was just like, I'm going to get everyone. Everyone is going to feel so bad for me. And I literally had every intention of jumping off the balcony from the second story. But then when I looked down, I was like, this is kind of high. Maybe I'll just walk down there and lay like I fell. Yeah. And then when the ambulance shows up, I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm paralyzed. And, and they, were they like laughing at you? Or they, they were pissed. Right. Because they had to because I do that. Yeah. They like had that. to stop everything they were doing. Right. Rush to my aid because they thought this fucking guy fell off a balcony. They don't know how high it was. They don't know anything. I'm just on the phone with 911 saying like I fell and I'm paralyzed. I think I'm paralyzed. So they were panicked. Like they came flying in in the ambulance. And then as soon as they got out, they looked around and they were like, the fuck's going on? Right. Almost like, you know, when you think like you have this elaborate plan. And then as soon as someone shows up, they're like, what's happening? And you're like, God damn it. Yeah. So they just showed up and they were like, no, what, what, what happened? And they basically did that thing. Like when you're a kid and you get in trouble and your parents are like, what, what, uh -huh. what happened? Like they asked me like three or four times. And finally I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> I bet they later laughed at it. Yeah. They, they you know must I mean? have laughed at yeah. it later. Like, like I'm sure you, believe that guy? you know, this is 10 or 11 years ago. So I'm sure it's still a story that they share. Yeah, like, on remember a that one time somewhere. we showed up? Yeah. 
they're doing a firefighter EMT podcast, yeah, yeah. and they're like, remember that one time we showed up, and that fucking guy laid down on the ground and pretended like he jumped off his balcony? That's so What funny. an asshole. Dude, that's better. That's cooler than my story. Dude. No, your story's good because you actually got people to believe you. All right, you know, that's, I, true. that's true. As soon as they walked out of the ambulance, they were like, fuck you. I but think, for you, they were like, oh, my God, like we have to. They believed you so much that they wanted plausible deniability. Right. So they drug they dragged you away from the bar. Yeah. I always imagine that if they were like, oh, fuck, this could really get us in trouble. So they just killed me. I know that's like, you know, that what I mean? they're like, good. That would that's be cool. I, yeah. That's the exciting ending that didn't happen. But that's like end. one of those things where it's like. That's really fucked up to think about, but it's true. Like it, that reminds me of. Uh, so on one of the podcasts that I listened to, they played this audio clip of a guy. Um, he recorded himself. These kids kept breaking into his house, so this guy actually recorded himself sitting in his basement. And then when they broke into his house, like he was so fed up with them, he basically executed them. And they're kids; they were like sixteen, seventeen years old. And he recorded the whole thing. So the whole thing gets played in court. So now it's public record. So this podcast I listened to got a hold of the audio and they played it. But it's like what you're saying. Like, it's one of those things where these kids were just doing like kid shit, like being dicks. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this guy killed them. Oh, shit. So but it's like what you're saying with your story. It's like, what if what if these bouncers were so freaked out that they just murdered? Yeah, them? right. Like, that's not unheard of. No, I guess not. So now, like talking about it, that, that can really get your brain going like. Fuck, they could have just killed me. Right. Like, just stomped you in the face. That's what I was... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, just drug you out back and just fucking... <laughs> fucking... Stabbed you in the neck. Yeah. And, like, as they're doing it, you're like, wait, I'm just kidding! <laughs> I start trying to kick. It's a miracle. That would be crazy. <laughs> wait, uh, wait, did you see the movie... There's a tangent. With the old blind man and the kids break into this house? No, I know what movie you're talking about. I didn't about. know if maybe that was, like, the basis of... Oh, I don't know. No, I don't think it was. Don't think, breathe. That's what yeah. it's a great movie, by the way. Yeah, that's the it's the guy from uh, um, fuck the guy from uh, Avatar. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, I know what movie you're talking. They're coming out with another one. Of yeah, those. not into it, but it's fine. We'll but the see. first one was good. It's actually really good. Like I didn't expect it, but it's intense. It's fucking dope. Yeah, I'm not a big horror guy because I have enough anxiety just living my normal life. Yeah, that horror movies. I'm like, why would I give myself extra anxiety? Fair. That doesn't Fair make enough. any sense. Fair enough. Speaking of anxiety. You were trapped. Okay. So we want to tell this story. Yeah, this this was this, is my this will be the one. last story that we tell. We'll wrap it up after this one because I know people are like, "What the fuck is going?" On? They're <laughs> all over the place. Paralyzed? Um, <laughs> pretending to be paralyzed, talking about murder. <laughs> yeah, like, that didn't even happen. Why are they talking about it? Welcome um, to X Drinking Buddy. Yeah. Uh, what happened? Okay, again, I was in San Francisco. I earlier I set up like I. My New York stories weren't as cool as my San Francisco stories. Well, it's interesting anyway. because you talked about, like, when you first moved to New York, all you were doing was, like, drinking and partying. And then you had the tattoo stories, the stories about the PlayStation, and then you're like, yeah, but everything else happened in San Francisco. Yeah, I think I did get better at drinking. <laughs> I think I said that a few times already. But yeah. that, I think I was, like, fine. I mean, obviously, I passed it on the ground. Anyway, I'll vomit. tell the story. You'll see. Uh, so we're in San Francisco. I'm at a, we're at a house party. Like So 1920, the same age range? Uh, yeah, I was – how old was what? I was 20. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, we're at this house party and uh, I was drunk and I got in what, you know, when like girls are rejecting you and you get in like a mood, like, Oh fuck them. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That, so that I was in one of those modes and earlier people were like going up to the roof. And so I was like, everyone had come down, but I'm like, I'm going to go up to the roof. So I go up to the roof and I'm just jumping from roof to roof. Like they were, there wasn't like big gaps. So I'm like, just walking around uh, up and there. These are houses, not yeah. apartments. Uh, it's like apartments, like okay. two stories. 
And uh, like a few apartments down, I'm I look down like in the middle of the building, and there's like a little courtyard area. And I'm like, oh, I could get down there because it wasn't that far. It wasn't that yeah. high. And so I, I like uh, crawl over the edge. I'm like hanging by my hands and I and I can't touch. So I'm like, oh, fuck, this is deeper than I thought. Yeah. So I but I like try to pull myself up and I can't. So I drop. Don't have that lat strength. <laughs> no, I didn't. And uh, I drop and it was it was probably like a foot drop. But then I tried. I like realized how high it was. And I was but like, now oh. you're trapped. Yeah. Now I'm trapped. And like maybe in the past, like maybe at a time in my life, I might have been able to lift up. But at that time, I was like just drinking and partying. Yeah. And it was so I and, and I was drunk. So uh, I and so I turn around, I look around and there's like a front door, front door and then a little courtyard area. And then it goes into a garage. And so I go into the garage. So are you panicked at this point? Because you're basically trapped in this little courtyard. Yeah. So I at this point, I'm kind of like. Fuck. Yeah. No, I mean, I was so I was hammered. So I was kind of just like thought it was kind of like I'm like, what the fuck? I wasn't because like panicking the only way yet. you can get out feasibly is if you wake someone up and be like, hey, I broke into your right. courtyard. Yeah. And it wasn't like a, there was any way in besides through the garage. Yeah. So it was going to look bad. So you were like in someone's house, basically. Yeah, basically. God. And so I go into the garage and. I'm looking for like a garage door opener. I actually, there is a back door in the garage and I'm trying to open it, but it's locked, which I'm on the inside. So that, that didn't make sense, but I wasn't really thinking. So I'm yeah. like trying to open it. It's not working. So I call my buddy who was at the party and I'm like looking out through the garage door out the windows and I see a car and I'm like describing where I am. He's like, you're in a garage. And I'm like, there's a car. He's like, Oh, I see it. And he's like, I look and I like see him out. So there. you're looking out the garage. Window. Yeah. And then I fucking, I, turn i don't know i can't remember how but i like turn back around i come out of the garage and a woman opens the front door oh shit and she looks at me and i we just make eye contact and i'm like oh i'm so sorry i didn't mean to like i try to explain and she just goes call the fucking police and slams the door and uh so i that's when i go into panic mode yeah and so i fucking run back to the garage and i'm like i'm gonna fucking break down this door yeah because now at this point you just want to get out yeah survival exactly and i and then i'm like that's when it hit me i'm like I'm on the inside. There's got to be a lock on the inside. And I look and there's like a latch on the bottom of the door, <laughs> which I've never seen on. A, there's like a weird yeah, that thing sounds anyway. Yeah. But so I fucking open it and just kick the door and then just go straight out the backyard and just start hopping fences. And I go through like six backyards before I go get out on the street. And then um, are they tall? Are they like six foot fences or like regular? Yeah, fences? they were tall. Okay. They were, yeah, they were like where I'm crawling fucking and I, that's another thing where i look back i'm like i could have there could have been dogs that attacked me i could have yeah. ran through I, it was just like all this bullshit and i fucking make so it get out the, to the street get on the street and i <laughs> i call my brother who i'm close with and i i like didn't i had to tell someone i call him and i just immediately started fucking crying oh my I god really? burst out crying i was like oh it's in this woman's crowd blah blah, blah. and um my friend who was still back at the house, he said that the cops came and they all they pulled up and all like drew their guns and ran around the backyard looking for me. Oh, my. But God. by that point, I was fucking you were long. Gone. I was long gone. And I, ma- I made it home and I was so fine. did you go straight home or did you go back to the park? No, I went straight home. Like okay. I was so fucking like rattled by it. God. So you could have that could have ended very uh, poorly. That's another one. Like it meant I always think like. The lady probably heard it. She's like, I bet it's nothing, but I got to check. Yeah. But it could have been a guy with a gun. I mean, San yeah, Francisco isn't there, yeah. like that, but you never know. If our dude answer just tried to fucking beat the shit out of me, like, there's, like, so many things. Well, and that's the thing, too, is that it's something that 
it's it's difficult in the moment to think of from the other side. Right. Because it's one of those things where it's like, this is innocent enough. I was drunk, like, just kind of exploring, and I ended up here. But in their heads, they're like, this person could try to rob me, rape me, attack exactly. me. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. But in your head, you're like, what? I was just a little drunk, and I got lost, basically. Yeah. So it's it's always funny to think about, or not, I don't know if it's funny, but it's always interesting because it's like, oh, this could have gone very poorly. Yeah, and I was, I was dressed in all black, too, which oh, is never yeah. a good look when you're in someone's apartment. Or, uh, when you're breaking courtyard. into someone's garage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I always think about her, though, because they probably tell that story. Probably freaked oh, her out yeah, forever. Oh, yeah, they definitely still tell that she's story. Where she's like what, like, what the fuck was that guy doing? I mean, Whenever maybe they someone, hear a noise, they're probably like, fuck. Yeah, that pasty white guy with the slicky hair. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I was dressed as back then. God, well, this is fun, man. You've been on quite a few adventures. I know. This I like talking. You don't about really this remember shit. them, but no. you've been on them. I did it. Yeah, I was there, where my brain wasn't. <laughs> the opposite. The opposite. Well, Hell plug yeah. everything one more time. Where can everybody find you on Instagram? Uh, Instagram Cody D Lewis. Uh, I got my show Hell Yeah Comedy. You guys come on Thursday in Williamsburg. Those are f- super fun. Uh, that's it right now. Awesome. Well, thank you again for doing the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, Brennan T. Comedy on all social media. BrennanTComedy.com for upcoming dates. And then check out the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Brennan Tassif. And we'll talk to you all next week.